Hello and welcome to the Shorthand States on the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. My name's James Fuller, I'm with Simon Delarue and we're in the unusual situation today of not being on the steps of the Royal Court because we've had an early finish to a States meeting today. Uh, Simon, effectively, there's only one matter on the agenda, wasn't there, really, today? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, well, there were two policy letters, uh, both brought by Deputy Peter Roffey, the President of Employment and Social Security, and one took up about 95% of the time that was used up in the States in the what was just a single session of about three hours. Uh, and that was the interim uh, uprating, as it's known, of the uh, pensions and benefits. Um, so what Deputy Roffey was wanting to do, uh, along with his committee, was to uh, increase by 2.9% uh, pensions and benefits across the board from 1st of July to the 31st of December. But that's a move that he admitted actually wasn't going to really make anybody or any benefit claimant any richer particularly, wasn't it? No, but it would uh, it would uh, lessen the extent to which they were being made poorer by the rampant inflation. So um, the... Uh, there was some confusion over the numbers, uh, he felt anyway, because he, he was worried that some members were uh, assuming that uh, this was over and above the inflation that was being experienced. He, his explanation was that um, really the people being affected by this mainly, uh, by definition, those on lower incomes, um, are facing higher inflation than most because um, as the bulletin that came out a couple of days ago uh, quite clearly showed, um, the Inflation on such things as food and fuel and energy are um, is, is considerably higher than on other items, and those on lower incomes spend more of their income as a proportion um, on those things and, and can't avoid having to pay for them. Um, and so they have experienced this higher inflation, but also um, it just bridges the gap between the increase that they had and the ordinary uprating on the 1st of January and the one that they're going to have next on, on the next 1st of January and it's just a very long wait uh, for people to endure when they're facing such hardship. And, and um, as an example of that kind of hardship, uh, one of his fellow um, ESS members, Deputy Steve Fuller, was saying that there are families in Guernsey who cannot afford to, to uh, pay for shoes for their children. But of course, this proposal ultimately crashed on the rocks of the uh, cashless states, as uh, as we now, you know, post uh, tax review, we now see on a regular basis. Well, there was obviously concern from uh, policy and resources, in particular, who had already submitted uh, a written um, uh, response to this policy letter um, about the fact that um, you know there isn't the money. Uh, um, it was what uh, Deputy Roffey characterised in his opening speech as a "You've made your bed, you better lie in it" strategy. Um, which I suppose carried a bit more weight coming from him, given that he was the one who, if you like, crossed the floor to go and support PNR with their attempts to get a GST introduced. Uh, Deputy Fairbrush um, was uh, very keen to point out that, uh, first of all, it wasn't just PNR who had failed in their attempts to address um, revenue with that tax review debate. It was all states members collectively, in uh, having come up with various potential ways to uh, increase revenue, had collectively failed. Um, but he said that um, it was um, not in any way uh, an attack on anybody. It was simply that um, the insurance fund from which most of this money would have had to have come um, was being eroded significantly uh, annually ever since at least 2017. He spent quite a lot of his 24-minute speech going into the statistics of this and said that without you know, Guernsey's um, investment um, returns, then 
then this would this situation would be uh, even worse. The insurance fund itself is being eroded. Uh, there isn't the money to go ahead with this. We have to stick to the formula already agreed, which uprates these pensions and benefits according to inflation by the uh, agreed formulas. Okay, and the vote was really tight in the end and left Deputy Roffey frustrated by a handful of members that weren't in the chamber today. Yeah, I do, well, to be fair, it was me who put this to him, that uh, the absentees being uh, his, one of his fellow committee members, Deputy Tina Berry, who was expected to be present for the afternoon session, but of course it never materialised because they managed to get it done this morning. Um, and also the other two being uh, Deputy St. Pierre and Deputy Parkinson. If they if there'd been a full states today, you can pretty much uh, guarantee that uh, uprating of these benefits would now be taking place. Um, but uh, they weren't there. And so uh, it wasn't a result of 18 votes to 18. Um, which um, I, I had thought that it was uh, the, that carried with the status quo, as we'll hear in a minute when I spoke to Deputy Roffey. I think it's actually uh, a failure to get a majority now means uh, a failure of the vote. So it's, it was uh, declared defeated. Yes, as you say, you spoke to Deputy Roffey, and uh, let's have a listen to, to what he said. Well, frankly, I'm gutted. Uh, not so much on my committee's behalf, but on behalf of all of those people for whom life is incredibly difficult at the moment, and this small interim uplift would have made a, a significant difference to their ability to just buy the basics in terms of food and clothes and things like that. Um, these are extraordinary circumstances. I thought the states got it, that there was a cost of living crisis and that we had to try and help as far as we could. And I, I, I think it's a very wrong-headed decision, I really do. Uh, there was a point during the debate where you felt the need to explain that um, just because inflation is coming down doesn't mean that prices are. Do you think all of the deputies uh, understood the arguments, uh, whether they agreed with them or not? Do you think the message got across? It's hard to say. I can't get inside people's heads and know exactly what they thought. But yes, even if inflation drops to 5% by the end of the year, the increases in prices that have happened have happened and will still be there. It's just that they will have gone up less in addition to that going forward so what we were proposing today was not speculative it wasn't sort of saying what will the inflation rate would be we were trying to adjust pensions and benefits to reflect the increase in prices that have already happened instead people that will eventually happen but they'll now have to wait until the first of january next year to see that that's a very long time to be exposed to a eroded level of um uh, low spending power uh, and uh, I do worry that it's going to put quite a few households on the edge. Is there anything that you can do in, in, with your committee to um, provide other forms of help that, in, in place of this? I don't really see that there is. I mean, I would be cooking a snoop at the states if we tried to sort of go behind their, their decision here. If, if the states didn't feel that we got it exactly right, they had the ability to put an amendment to exclude certain increases, to say you only apply to income support. We even put a paragraph in the policy letter saying our officers will help you draft that if that's what you want to have. But nobody did that. They decided instead to reject the whole shooting match. And um, well, frankly, I'm slightly ashamed of the states in doing that. Uh, it lost 18 votes to 18. Obviously, the, um, the, this is not a sort of casting vote of the presiding officer, but the, the rule states that the status quo pertains if, uh, if it's a, a draw. Um, the absentees today were deputies Berry, St. Pierre and Parkinson. Had they been here today, it would have been a different result, wouldn't it? 
I suspect it would. Um, obviously, Deputy Berry is a member of my committee. We knew that she simply couldn't be in the States this morning. I could have tried to filibuster for a couple of hours to make sure she could be here this afternoon, but I guess I'd have probably lost more votes in trying to do that than gaining hers. But, um, you know, it's, it's the rub of the green. I can only present to the Assembly that's there on the day, and um, uh, I couldn't persuade a majority to actually go in favour, so I, I have to accept that that is the result. So Deputy Peter Roffey there uh, responding to the result of the um, uh, benefits interim uprating debate. Uh, actually, the talk of the chamber, though, today, Simon, has been rather sad, hasn't it? Uh, uh, um, noting and paying tribute to uh, former Deputy Peter Bugor, who's just died. That's right. And um, I, I went to one or two deputies this morning for um, their opportunity to provide a, a tribute. Uh, the first I spoke to was uh, Deputy John Gollop, and um, I, it turned out that I had known the news before they did, and so I, you know, I broke the news to them. Um, nevertheless, Deputy Gollop immediately provided me with what was effectively a sort of five-minute uh, obituary, giving a lot of detail about his uh, his uh, Peter Bogle's career, uh, both on lifeboats and in. Um, Indeed, in in the state, six terms he served. Uh, Deputy Gollop told me, and um, I also spoke to Deputy Lyndon Trott uh, as well, and to Deputy Roffey, and each of them had uh, nothing but very warm words to share about him and uh, his his very forthright, but nevertheless very effective uh, uh, manner in the states and getting things done. Uh, and there's a generation of reporters as well who will remember uh, going to his fish shop on on the bridge uh, and and trying to interview him between. Customers coming in uh, to to, uh, to collect their Friday orders, so uh, yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be fondly remembered for sure. So uh, Simon, that uh, wraps up the day and wraps up this month's meeting. So uh, we'll see you again on the Shorthand States next month. Enjoy. Bye for now.